listeners, welcome to A Podcast Remembers, a Game of Thrones podcast about all things Game of Thrones! Yeah! Um, I'm one of your hosts, Liz Prue, and I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Eric Prue. Hi. And we have two amazing co-hosts today. These guest stars are just Game of Thrones uber fans. First up, we have Parmel Rain. Hey guys, how's it going? Oh, Hi, listener. You really turned it on for the for the actual recording. That's good to see. He's got a warm I like up. the excitement. I mean, he brought like a $15 bottle of wine. Like he's here to he's here to play. <laughs> yeah, he broke the threshold of like 11.99. That's pretty solid. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, our second co-host, um <laughs> guest guest co-host, guest star. I don't even know what they're called, but you guys guest are star. I'll be a star. You'll yeah, be a star. He's a star for today. Um if you listen to our Star Wars podcast back in the day, Michael Welling was um our star when we were talking about the Death Star and how it was actually really good for the economy of the galaxy, and he was right. <laughs> <laughs> so they the got a big stimulus good. package. Yes, yeah, well, that was great. Glad to be here. Yeah, it was. It was. I. You guys should actually go back and look at that. I'll. I'll put the link in this post because he talks about like how many jobs it actually created, um, and you know, yeah, they probably had really great benefits. And square mileage was square mileage. insane. Really can't argue with any of that. I mean, that's fantastic. It's a... mm-hmm. yeah. So um, we obviously had to have you back because that was amazing. Uh, and today we are talking about, well, for those of you that are new, usually on this podcast, Eric and I dive into the history of like the world of Westeros because mm-hmm. there was such a long hiatus. We talked about like the time before Valyria and the Dragon Lords who the first men in the Roiner were, the Andals, all that fun stuff. And now we're recapping the show. This episode, we're going to talk about Season 8, Episode 2, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, which of course is about Bran of Tarth, or titled In Honor of Her. Um, I I really just want to dive in and ask everyone specific points, or specific, their opinions on specific points in this episode. Mm. And I'd like to start with you, Parm, because a lot of outlets have been saying that this episode was really great for book readers because it had a lot of nods to the book. But I, I like in terms of the songs and that kind of stuff. I don't know. What first off, let's just start with what would you rate the episode and why? Um. Well, so I've been reading a lot of these theories about Game of Thrones. Oh, he's diving straight in. Of all these things, and I'm. Hoping, and I thought this episode was going to start on like really like releasing some of these theories and saying they're playing to the fans, but there's I don't know. In my opinion, this episode was still a setup episode for the next episode, obviously. Um, but I was still kind of disappointed. I feel like they're rushing it just a little bit. Um, I don't know. It. I understand why they're trying to do it, but. I'm still waiting for like the big holy shit moment that they always have, and they're always there's always a catch, and so I think next episode there's gonna be a catch and there's a lot of foreshadowing happening, so I'm I don't know I'm kind of still getting amped up for. I'm the same, and I think I'm I'm just bummed because it's such a short season. 
That it's like, mm-hmm. shit should have happened already. And obviously this episode showed us that a lot of people are going to die next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think, Michael? I think that that's very, like, that's kind of what this, it was the necessary, like, the calm before the storm, uh, an entire night's worth of, you know, uh, friendliness and, uh, you know. <laughs> I'll say. Some, yeah, some very friendliness and <laughs> everything along those those lines. But it was good setup for kind of, you know, in traditional Game of Thrones fashion, build you up and tear you down mm-hmm. is what everyone's kind of expecting from this. But I think one of my favorite things I've, I, I took away from this episode was really how we will see in the future, once everything is said and done, once the series is over and we know the fates of all of our favorite characters, I would expect that you'd be able to come back to this episode and really appreciate subtle nods and and Mm. jabs and looks and feelings and thoughts and stuff like that that we might have glanced over this first time around but Mm -hmm. in the future after we know kind of how this looks this episode i think will stand out a lot more in terms of how it's going to uh have some great uh foreshadowing and stuff like that that we probably just missed in our excitement for what's the next four episodes that's such a good point because you know we like every fan you talk to re- loves rewatching the show. It's not like someone's like, "Oh, I don't really like rewatching it." Like everyone loves <laughs> rewatching it, but when you watch those seasons live, there are always those episodes like this one where you're like, "Oh, I just feel like just it was get so to it already." Slow, but when you're rewatching it, you're like, "Oh, that was such a good episode because they're already planting yada yada yada." So one of the things that um, I'd like to get your guys' opinions on then, and Eric, we talked a little bit about this was mm-hmm. how. Sansa has such great character development because she was such a whiny, bratty little girl. And now, like, you really, even if she's not as likable because she's not, you know, Khaleesi or whatever, by fans, you're, like, on her side. Like, she is, yeah. like, a legitimate point. So what did you think of the sansa Danny interaction? Oh, I thought it was great. I, I think, uh, I think Danny's starting to show some chinks in her armor, right? I think she's... You've seen a couple of scenes in the last few episodes where now she's coming in the north. Uh, there's that scene where that she has with Sam where she confronts him about having to kill his father and his son, kind of ending their family line, essentially. And I think she feels really bad about that and feels kind of dumb, especially for the fact that Sam saves her Jorah. And uh, because, when, to our previous point, not to interrupt you. Oh, no. But that's great. They made a point in season seven, episode four, I think, when Danny finally comes and blows dragon fire on the right. Lannister army. It was a very big um, point of contention in the episode with Tyrion saying, do you have to kill them? Yeah. You do not have to kill them. Mm-hmm. So they were already planning that, mm-hmm. you know, a whole season ago um, and yeah. how that would come bite her in the ass. Yeah. And I, I think with the scene with Sansa, I think really... I think showed her confidence and her the power that she's starting to develop and really kind of tap into now that she's matured and figured out how to play the game. You know, I think, uh, well, what was the final bit where she was talking about the North and how they pledged... What about the North? Yeah, how they pledged to, you know, stand free against the Seven Kingdoms when someone tries to take things over. You know, I think she's not afraid of Daenerys, you know, and I think she's feels like she's built 
enough of an empire kind of on her own that she can stand free, well, which is impressive. You made up. You had a good point, Michael, that Eric relayed to me um, for our last podcast that Danny's never really had to take accountability for anything that she's done. So how do you think? I mean, I think we're already seeing that play out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's we're we're going to continue to see that down the road. It's going to be a. Uh, she's now starting to realize that as she comes into some of these uh, more personal struggles, especially with. Some revelations from John, from John or Aegon, rather. This uh, six of his name. Right, of course. <laughs> so as we started seeing more of these things reveal themselves, it really makes for a uh, it puts up a wall for her that she has never had to kind of uh, encounter before, and it will be very curious to see how she reacts with all of that. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think too, like. If you're going to rule the Seven Kingdoms, you know, that's why she has Tyrion, because Tyrion's like, I know these Seven Kingdoms. You don't know these Seven Kingdoms. And Danny's had a really great run so far, and she's really likable by the audience because what she's done is really save people from pretty horrible situations. Like, everyone that's followed her has been, I mean, outside of the Dothraki, the Dothraki just follow quote-unquote, the biggest horse, and Drogon has the biggest dick of all the horses. So, like, (laughs) clearly they're going to follow her. But, um, you know, I think she's coming into a world that's a little bit more civilized. Mm -hmm. And so she hasn't really had to play, like... I hate saying the word civilized, not like slaves aren't civilized, but a little more, like, they don't really need her. Mm-hmm. So the it's North's like politics. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's politics. Yeah, having to it be is. political and like make uh, diplomatic decisions that she so may. Would you say she's showing the characteristics of the Mad Queen? Oh, you seem like you ask that like you already know the answer. <laughs> I, what do you tell think? us about that? I think she is going to turn out to be the Mad Queen, and then like the whole character arc of Jamie Lannister and being a Kingslayer, he's going to be the Queenslayer as well. Oh, oh, so do you have any, you know, evidence to back up this accusation? Tell us more. I think it's just the more of like how Danny is being portrayed right now. She's like killing people left and right, but she's doing it because she has to. And for the greater good. Right. Right. But like if you ask Jon Snow that, he's like, no, I'll let them live because like he doesn't feel like he has to kill them right away. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna give them a chance, even if they are saying no. He still wants to give them a chance. She's like, "Here's no," and then she kills them. Yeah, just kind of yeah. like with, um, mm-hmm. which I'd like to talk to, uh, to you guys about this too. Where is um, Melisandre, right? Oh yeah. And he just let her go when Ser Davos said, "You know, she burned this little girl. She did all these terrible things." What would Danny have done in that situation? Do you think she would have sent her to her death? Or do you think she would have sent her away like Jon Snow did? That's a very good point, especially because we are yet to see what point Melisandre would play yet in the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it could be very telling of how Jon's perceived leniency against people who have committed acts. And mm-hmm. I mean, this entire uh, a big theme of redemption. I think you guys have talked about it in podcasts in the past, and they talked about it a lot on this episode, especially with Jorah talking to Danny about we've all done things that mm-hmm. we're not proud of, but it's a theme of redemption that we've definitely seen 
Mm-hmm. And so it'll be curious to see how John has taken that to heart. Danny still seems like she has a little bit to go in terms of feeling that redemption. Her totally. hand was forced on Jamie, but in terms of him mm-hmm. being able to walk free, but how would she have reacted if it was just her and him? And you know? I, I would still like to see her reaction with um, learning really why he did it. Like, hey, you killed these people because yada, yada, yada. I killed your dad because he was about to murder the whole city. Like, that's... And I thought Brienne might have... I thought she was going to go there. Maybe she would have gone there had Sansa not been like, hey, let's let him live. But I think she would have said, like, you know, forgive me, Your Grace, but I know that he killed your dad because he was going to blow up the whole city. Well, and you initially thought that Brienne would be the one to kind of break the ice on that whole topic of like I've seen it like this is what happened but I thought he would break the ice and defend him well because he's not really quote unquote brand anymore but also I don't know but uh, I feel like the only reason he would he wouldn't just stand up for him to stand up for him I think he would only stand up for someone at this point if they still if they have a specific role to play yeah no that's like, a good point if he's kind of like Doctor Strange Right now, you know, like he's like seen all these things. That's a great point, Liz. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, but I would let's okay, let's just get into it. Parm. He's so, got some theories. Parm he's has well some theories. read on the topic. He here. very much loves uh the Night King. Which, <laughs> which Team Night King? Team Night King, which you know what, like I get, okay? I understand. However, like do you who do you think the Night King is? Why do you think he's doing what he's doing? Just, like, tell me your thoughts. Every, obviously, everyone thinks it's Bran and yada, yada, yada. We saw the Night King was made. Or that he's a Stark. We've talked about him Or that, that he's a Stark. Um, like, where do you think the Night King story goes? And how does the Night King... How significant is the Night King in the larger part of Game of Thrones? Because some people, like, we're privy to this, think that it's kind of just a metaphor for all these other characters and that the Night King will be gone in this next 90 minute episode in episode three and then the rest of the season will be about Cersei and all the other drama or do you think it's like bigger than that with the whole thread raven yada 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 well so first of all if they kill him off in the next episode in 90 minutes i think seven or eight seasons or seven seasons of building up the night king winter is coming and just killing him off i think that's I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think there's a bigger part of what he is and like what he's supposed to do in terms of the entire like Game of Thrones. Um, Can't have fire and ice without ice. Right. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I think he's more... So one of the last thing they showed was the White, the white Walkers coming into, uh, we think, Winterfell. We're not sure. Oh, that's a good point. You couldn't really tell where they were. Right. It looked like Winterfell. That's a good point. You oh. saw the fires burning in the distance of some castle. <gasps> that would be so Game of Thrones. Where. Right. Yeah. So, so where the hell are they? Where do you think they could be? One of is that they're going around and they're going straight to King's Landing. And they can... They did show the snow falling in King's Landing. Right. Remember? <gasps> And they so, did show that. And so season four, um, I don't remember what episode, but 
Bran had a vision and Danny had a vision as well. And Bran's vision was the Iron Throne all covered in snow or ash, um, as pointed out by Michael. Oh, when oh. she was in the... Um, and then she was in the house of the, the dead or undying. Undying, the wizard yeah. dude yeah. or the warlock guy. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and she walked into the Iron Throne place and it was in ash and snow or whatever it was. So both those visions have not come true yet. Everything else they've shown like that has come true. So I think, I really think that the Night King is going to King's Landing. And he's going to attack them, get their entire population as the undead. And Winterfell, they're going to battle there. They're going to win the Army of Living. But Mm. then they're going to realize, oh shit. The Night King wasn't here. Right, where is he at? You have this entire army coming back up now. That's of twenty thousand people from the golden—I keep yep. calling it the Golden Compass. That's that was a <laughs> that was Nicole Kidman's sci-fi fantasy trilogy try that was a failure. But <laughs> um, apparently, they're really good books. I have—I'm going to read them on maternity leave. Anyways, the Golden Company. Company, Parm, you just blew my mind. That's solid. That is good. That's that solid. is great. And that would be such like a, oh, shit. Because right now, the oh, shit we're thinking of the next episode as viewers is like, it's just going to be a kick-ass battle, another battle of bastards or whatever. There's got to be some twist. And the twist, yeah, will probably be where the fuck is the Night King. Right. Theon and Bran are just hanging out. Because where was the dragon? We didn't see the dragon. Right. That's not so, true. Ooh. Also, why would you take one dragon versus two dragons when you can just attack? A place that has no dragons. Ah, dude. Ooh, yeah, I like so that. So smart. So so here's a question. Parmal! Parm, that is good. I, I, so I want to dig into this, and, and Michael, I'm sure you have some thoughts too. So what is the end game for the Night King? Now we've we've alluded to this, we've talked about this, like assuming he has some sort of consciousness, right? What's going through his head? So um, episode two. Bran says something about why the Night King is doing what he is doing, right? He wants to destroy Bran. He wants to destroy memories. Yes. Entire that was pretty world. deep. Right. But I think him saying that in one sentence about the reasoning for why the Night King exists and why he's coming, it's to me it was like, it felt like a cop-out if that's the real reason for it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you can explain... This entire like sequence of events. One sentence basically summed up six seasons of yeah. northern expansion down into the Seven Kingdoms. That doesn't make sense to me. And thousands so death, of years of death, right. Oh, it's very meta. You know, it's like you know death trying to take out life effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, where what Sam kind of related it pretty well. I think where he talked about how death comes for us all, and it's all about death's purpose is nothingness effectively mm-hmm. and. It was a little deep, I thought. Very simple I, way. I agree, but, but, but you think also, it's more. I think there's a little bit more to his character than just trying to kill everything. I mean, I understand the entire Game of Thrones is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, people are just dying left and right, fucking each other left and right. It's like, right you just need to wipe everything out, start over. Again, team by team. Anyway. <laughs> but I also think... My personal theory is he's a Targaryen. He's coming back and claiming the throne. This has been. Himself. We it's should talk about this. <laughs> you did. I, yes, I listened to the podcast. <laughs> it's well, not a bad well, theory, though. It, it isn't a bad theory because, well, it, 
so the Targaryens are of, I think they get talked about like they're a race of people. They are a family of the Valyrian race, which were dragon riders, dragon lords. And what we were, the debate here is, okay, so Valyrians were shepherds before they found dragon eggs and magic and all that stuff. And old geese, which is marine, um, yeah, Astapor and Yunkai, mm-hmm. they were at war with them because they were, you know, like they are in the show or were in the show, bad slave owner people. Um, so technically, Targaryens, quote unquote, if the family could be traced back that far to where the Night King was made, he could have been a shepherd. You know, he couldn't have, they wouldn't have been dragon lords at that time, but that doesn't mean the bloodline couldn't have, couldn't now still like have him ride a dragon. Like he still has that element to him. Yeah. But, I don't know. And I know that this has been a, I don't, we've talked a little bit about in the past. I know you guys have talked on this a little bit with the whole, it wasn't a big shocker in the first season when John rode a dragon and everyone was like, oh, Everyone, only Targaryens can ride dragons. I don't know if the shows ever made that crystal clear that only Targaryens can ride. I feel like only that's in the books. Yeah. I feel like that's a book lore thing. And so since mm. the shows haven't taken it that direction, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's why maybe they didn't address the whole John on a dragon. That's why they didn't address the Night King on a dragon, because maybe that's not the direction that they're taking with the show. Who's to say? But I just think that it's a little bit of a... Because it is a very valid point, but if they were really holding true to the only Targaryens have ever ridden dragons, then there's already a couple characters that have made that dubious with the Night King, specifically. Well, and and you just reminded me when Daenerys saved all those guys from the big battle... With the dragon, didn't they all get on? There yeah. were people on a dragon. Well, they, they weren't technically. On, well, are but they piloting them. They weren't. Yeah. <laughs> I got on a plane. Am I a pilot? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, can you really know. pilot a? Can you really pilot Drogon? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, that's a. Big well, and he, well, and they we made found it. that out when the first episode, where right. she was like. What? what, what no, he, he goes where he so wants. cheesy. He uh, said it was like he knows where I knew where I was going. And then I grew up. Yeah, and you're so like, bad. oh, I wonder why he's named after your fucking dad. <laughs> like, it's just, it's I just thought that was really cheesy. I don't know. I what? Well, let's dive into that then. So what are your thoughts about, well, first of all, John's timing on everything is so terrible. terrible. That is definitely a stark quality he inherited. It's like, <laughs> you, if it's the right thing and the truth, you don't have to say it right fucking now. Like he yeah, just he just turned on, to her. At, well, so what I took from that conversation was she was more concerned about the throne and not the fact that she had been fucking her nephew. Whoops. So <laughs> like, what do we think? What's what's going through her head? Like, do you think that? Because in the preview they showed them looking at each other, looking out at the White Walkers coming up. Do you think they're just going to be like, we'll deal with this in a minute? Like, we'll talk about this later. Let's game time. Or what do you think she's going to do? Directing that at anyone. I mean, there's no way it doesn't come into play. I mean, they drop that bombshell right at the end. Clearly, as we hear the the horn of what could the be three the, horns. Right, right, exactly. That we see the White Walkers. That the impending army is here. So, 
she, they, that will come into play at the Battle of Winterfell. So, do you think it's going to come in a moment where Danny has to save John from something, or and she's going to look at him and be like, "Yeah, I could save you, and then you still have a claim to the throne, or I could just let you die." That's cold, Parm. I mean, they've been they've been hooking up. And she told Sansa she loved him, and I believe her. I believe she I do, loves I do. him. I think she, I don't think she'd let him die. Especially because, like, he's already died and come back, so it's like, is that really going to But does she know that? Or you're just saying for the sake of the show? She saw the scarf. She saw the scarf. I I thought, I took that. She did. I forgot that. I took that as her um, learning that's what happened with him when they were on the boat and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she would, you know, and she kind of has this a similar story with the rebirth of the pyre and the eggs. So, like, I think. I don't think she'd let right. him die, but I think um, if he volunteered to go on a suicide mission, I don't think she'd stop him. Mm. But, but because because of that, I think, and also he would just do that anyways. Like she couldn't stop. Him. She couldn't stop him, and she knows that. And so the cherry on top is that the male heirs also knocked out of her way at the same time. However, what she hasn't learned yet, which is the flaw we were ta- all talking about earlier, is you don't just get the North. Like, you only have the North because of Jon Snow. Even mm-hmm. if you swept, even if you guys win this battle, if he dies... Your claim is gone. Yeah, like, they're probably not still going to follow you, even if you're dragging in your unsullied help. They're going to be like, yeah, thanks, it was the right thing you... It was the right thing to do. That's, like, what we do here in the North. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would we follow you now? Mm-hmm. Because John, they made John king because he didn't want to be king. He wanted to save them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know, guys. It's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. And I'm I'm curious to see, like, the proof. Like, I know we've, we have brand vision, Brand's visions. They keep talking about how Sam stole those books from the Citadel. They've yeah, mentioned they that keep, now two episodes yeah, in a row. Yeah, two episodes in a row. making that de- b- big deal. Which makes me wonder, is there something else in those books? Mm-hmm. Something There's like in the crypts? Mm. Oh, Good are we going to talk about the crypts? Okay, so let's talk about the crypts now. Which, let's just first start this by, do we say the Winterfell crypt or the Winterfell crypts? Because I caught myself last night watching the show and they kept saying the crypt. And I think I'm like saying it like the gang. And what I need to say is <laughs> that's the Crips. I know. Yeah. With an S at the end. Whatever, guys. <laughs> okay. Is in the gang. What? Listen. Wow. What? But I think we. Sh- I think it's the Winterfell Crypt, and there are several tombs in the crypt. Yeah. Yes. That's probably right. Okay. Yeah. So now that that has been established for the probably one other pregnant listener, that's like, oh, finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, uh, we have a couple theories. Um, of course, there's a theory that underneath Lyanna or Ned's, you know, tomb in the crypt <laughs> are a wine is a wine cellar of dragon eggs, maybe a whole threshold of Valyrian steel. Yeah. Um, we also briefly, all of us in our little prep today, talked about possibly something like a shit ton of wildfire, like there were in. Ooh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There was in King's Landing, because how else could they peep? The army of the dead. Like, what do you, what do you guys think, and how do you think it'll unfold? So let's get one thing clear. They're putting all the women and children 
in a place where... And Tyrion. And Tyr- oh, I guess Tyrion too. And Tyrion. In a place where the <laughs> dead people are there, and then you have an army that raises the dead, so... That's... Oh, I think it's going to go down. That's a scary disturbing. point. <laughs> they yeah. spent how much time with Davos oh, talking to that little girl about how she is going to de- go down in the crypts and defend all the women and children in the crypts. They didn't do that just for... It was a nice callback to Shireen for sure, but right. there's more to that to that story. That that's, seems so obvious yeah, now. Like, why didn't we real think of that? Solid point. So, does that mean we're gonna see a zombie Ned? I don't know how I feel about that. I want any and all Sean Bean. If I can get Sean Bean back for like <laughs> five minutes, We've I love that about guy. Ned being the, the key to so George R. R. Martin saying Ned Stark is the key to everything, and we've talked about that in various contexts. So. The main context we've talked about is that there's something in the Ned Stark tomb. And my guess is it's got to be something that's helpful immediately, which is Valyrian steel, wildfire, which is the more recent theory. Okay, so we could see a zombie Ned Stark. That would be terrifying and awful. We could see a zombie Lyanna and... Who else? Catelyn and who maybe the hell they else is down regain, there? Oh, maybe they retain their consciousness after they've been risen. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, and Lady Catelyn is Lady Stoneheart. Lady Stoneheart. Who's raised? Is right. this what is this what you're getting at? Yes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, talk about Lady Stoneheart. What she is, who she is, because she's a pretty significant part of the books, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. This is why I was surprised when they didn't bring her back, is because in the books she comes back and she's like seeking revenge, like. Full on. She has no like resemblance to who she was, but now she just like has one mission to wipe out the Lannisters. Um, hmm. But now, I think it would be more so like, I think they're just gonna try to do it as more of like t- to the fans, like giving them saying, "Hey, here's Lady Stoneheart." And I I haven't seen a preview. I didn't. I don't like to watch the previews for the next episode, especially when I'm in the season. So I haven't smart. seen it, but I did read something about the a Reddit post saying the dead are here, are already here, and so that makes me think mm. the dead are in like they're in the crypts, crypt, the crypt, <laughs> <laughs> and they're coming like alive, and I think Lady Stoneheart is going to make an appearance there, but I I don't think she has like the same like focal point as she has in the books yeah like might be short-lived kind of deal but right kind of is a nice nod well i feel like and you mentioned this liz like there's a there were a few comments out there that were that this episode is a good nod to the book readers in in the fact that you know maybe the characters hadn't developed in some of the areas that they had in the books but they're giving some respect to the characters in the final few episodes so how funny would it be if they brought lady stoneheart out maybe for the next episode just as kind of a nod to her significance in the book i think that would be really cool maybe she's the one who we talked about how theon sorry i'm jumping points here how theon said him and the ironborn will protect bran what if lady stoneheart is actually the one that ends up they made it a point to say bran needs to be protected even though the night king isn't there i'm buying into this theory now that he's actually in king's landing no i think that's um, in uh, is in the god's wood yes. right 
the gods would. So even that doesn't mean the Night King gave his lieutenants orders to kill Bran, right? So he still needs to be protected even if the Night King isn't there. Wouldn't It would play into the Lady Stoneheart goals in the books if she she actually showed up and, like, killed a shit ton of lieutenants protecting Bran as, like, zombie Lady Catelyn or something. So zombies for the living, basically. Now, what if the Night King's well, a Bran- Lannister? I'm just kidding. Well, that's a whole, that's a lot of lore. Well, and also, um, so is Lady Stoneheart kind of like how Benjen Stark was a little bit? Hmm. Or, or not really? She's straight up from the dead. I, well, so, from, Uncle Benjen. remembering the books, right? The dude who's the guy with the flaming sword. Beric Dondarrion. Yeah. Yeah. He brings her back, kind of. Because they like, she only has like a slit throat. I mean, only. Right. <laughs> um, Back in those days. I, or is it in the past? I don't know. We're not going there. Um, but like, she's still alive, kind of, but like, she has like no resemblance to what she was. Like, her honor, whatever she was at that point, she's more like just stoneheart, like cold, cold hearted. Um, okay. So. Kind of, I don't, again, and she, I think she made her appearance in book four, if I'm remembering right, um, but book five, she didn't do much, and then obviously the books have ended. Right. So. Okay. Have not kept up. Thanks, George. Yeah. <laughs> so do we think that if the dead do rise in the crypt, um, do well, do you need the Night King in order to raise the dead? Can the lieutenants do it? I don't know. Ooh, that's a good point. So that's something we as didn't well. See the Night King, so. Um, if the Night King truly is in King's Landing instead. But I well, you can tell the lieutenants definitely have a um, agenda. They all had those spears. So the Night King's those like, were legit spears like too. kill those dragons. So I wonder if um I wonder how they'll use the dragons this time if they're like I'm only going to bring them out if necessary because I mean more they can, cautious. Yeah, I would think I would think they'll be more cautious. Yeah. I'm not done talking about Brand though. I I am really curious. So what do you guys think? So we've talked a lot about what is Brand's purpose. Obviously we've we've somewhat discovered, assuming he's right, that the Night King's purpose is to end Brand and therefore end the memory of humans, which Brand has kind of become since he's. Not brand anymore. <laughs> um, so are we? Are I'm curious. Are we going to see more of? I, I like we're two episodes in, and I expected to see a whole lot of flashbacks, future, or whatever, from him. What do we expect to learn from Bran, if anything, in the remaining few episodes? I expect to see Bran show up in many more spots spontaneously in his wheelchair. <laughs> as, as he has like been creepily looking at people so yes. far yeah. this season. I expect uh, to see that. Oh, well, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, God, that meme was so good with the Fergie song. Oh, I think, um, well, there are still a lot of, like, unanswered questions, meaning points that the show has brought up and not really finished, like the Mad King and now we heard voices. I would be very surprised if they didn't have some sort of flashback that explains that. Yeah. Um, especially since we've seen that Bran, when he's in three-eyed raven mode, can influence. 
Mm-hmm. Like with Ned going up to the tower, hearing him say father. And Ned probably took that as an omen. Tower of, when Ned went up to the Tower of Joy, you know, I, I'm assuming Ned took mm-hmm. that as an omen. Like, I heard the word father coming up here, and now my dying sister is asking me to take the heir to the Iron Throne as my bastard. You know, so mm-hmm. it's proven that he's definitely influenced time in that way. I, yeah, I think the Mad King thing has to be shown a little bit. And they brought yeah. it up again, you know, so. with Jamie. Bran is going to be in the Godswood, right? And every time he's touched one of those trees, he's had a vision, right? A significant one. Right. Mm-hmm. So wondering if the next episode they're going to do something similar. Yeah. Vision meaning... Um, a flashback or... Or future or right, whatever. Something to show more of a resemblance to why the Night King is coming after him or what the Night King's purpose, true purpose is, because I still don't believe that. He just wants to kill Bran. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bran not... believes that. That's what's crazy about that. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm too caught up in these theories about Bran being the Night King, and now like, <laughs> I'm just like disappointed that this might not be true. It's like the Thanos <laughs> thing. Reality is often disappointing. <laughs> Another Marvel tie-in. So timely um, with name this week. Well, it's true because Bran. Like you said, Bran doesn't. Bran buys into this theory that the Night King just wants to kill him, but Bran really doesn't know everything yet. When the Three-Eyed Raven passed his ravenness on to Bran, his ravenness, he said, "You're not ready, but it's you. It's yeah. what you have to be." So Bran still has a lot to learn, and so I'm wondering why he's spending all this time in the courtyard and not, you know. <laughs> In finger fork in the godswood you yeah. know like you should be high-fiving the shit out of that tree right now figuring yeah. stuff out like why are you staring off into space so i think i don't know that's so, I don't know. they didn't show cersei at all in the last episode right mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. now this is yeah. just like a like a dream wish with your revelation that I think is amazing, that the Night King is actually in King's Landing to turn all of the Golden Company into <laughs> his uh, White Walker, turn them into White Walkers. Mm-hmm. What if he turns Cersei into one and she becomes like his queen? What if that's his goal? Oh, because what if he needs to produce point. an heir? Oh. And what if the only way, like, and we know that there are different tiers of white walker there's the whites the whites walkers the white walkers the the lieutenants and the night king and they all have different levels of like power and intelligence quote unquote so what if he's like i need the stone coldest worst person to be my queen who's to say they're colder than cersei exactly what if she actually is the night king she's got the same haircut Mind blown. You're <laughs> in here first. I'm excited. You are in here first. This episode is very Jamie centric. I would love mm. to see. He has some role yet to play, whether it's a Queen Slayer, a Mad Queen Slayer, a Night King Slayer. Yes. He is going to be a pivotal part. The question is who? I know. Who is he going to? Is it John? Like who? Who mm. is Jamie going to renounce? Like 
earn that title all over again. So I'm rereading the first book, and one of the things they mention in the book is when the whole Mad King gets killed by Jamie and whatnot. Ned walks into like the Iron Throne room, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and Jamie's sitting on the throne, like, but the everything is like. It, that to me when I was reading, I'm just like, huh, this dude's still alive. He still mm. can yeah. do a lot of damage. What if this is like foreshadowing it from like the first book saying he's sitting on the throne, he wants to be there, but then he like, it shows off like he's playing like as Jamie because he was a young guy back when the mm-hmm. man died. He was right. like 15 or mm-hmm. 16, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it could be his young, but I, I don't know. I'd like to see Jamie win it all. I think that would be pretty cool. I'm team I mean, Jamie. He, yeah, we've talked a lot about how Jamie has earned redemption mm-hmm. at this point. Because, I mean, yeah, you know, he's definitely paid his dues. He's, uh, you know, cost him a hand. Certainly not his life, I guess, at this point. But His character development throughout the, se- throughout the series has been fantastic. It really has mm-hmm. been great. And, and especially to see, to see it kind of come full circle. And, it, and something actually working out for Jamie, which... He's kind of had a rough go for a long time, and we we just so as part of our rewatch, we didn't quite get through season seven, but we did watch the episode where Daenerys brings the army of the Dothraki you know, of the yeah. Dothraki in, and and to see Jamie's face and reaction, and just how that and a whole scene, really the whole I mean the scene was the show, but man, what an incredible episode to kind of just you say, man, Jamie's done. Yeah. I would just love to see if Jamie actually did end up on the on the Iron Throne. Imagine the the great joy of being the literal hand of the king. Oh, oh my god. Dad Joe. <laughs> oh, Was that recording? Sadly, yes. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think but we've talked a lot about how Jamie could be the prince that was promised and the prince that was promised isn't always someone that you remember as like Azora High, you know, it's someone that has to get shit done in order for the greater good, and it's not always like if he has, if he has to kill John, you know, it'll be because they both agree that he needs to for some reason that ends up saving everybody. I don't know. It'll. It. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us buy into the fact that Jamie would revert mm-hmm. at yeah, all. We don't like, doubt he, his integrity no. at yeah. this point. Right? No, not at all. Which is good. I mean, that's pretty nuts considering yeah. where he came from. Remember the scene where he's like chained up to the pole and then he like kills his own cousin or something like that mm-hmm. and chokes him with the chains? Yeah. He's come a long way from that day, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, sitting in your own shit will do certain things to you. <laughs> but, so there are a couple things from the episode that aren't as deep. I think we got into a lot of the deep stuff. Yeah. Um, We're gonna talk about Arya's boobs, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Damn it! So <laughs> Eric so felt Eric. Yeah, so. We're not gonna talk about her boobs because she's a woman and needs to be respected. I know. That's I know. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm just saying because we she saw wanted. her from growing. Like that's why it's. That's I know. So that, strange. That was weird to me. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm so glad her and Gendry finally. Yeah. Or Gendry, Gendry. 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 Um, I, I loved that, so that's all I gotta say about that. We Wait. saw those playful looks last episode, and I was like, oh, they're just really good friends. Oh, they're really good friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're Liz has friends. been predicting that. We've, uh, ever since he was rowing 
in that boat for about two years. <laughs> Those arms, man. He I was know. ready. Yeah, Liz, Liz predicted that one from a mile away. Well, we just hoped. I think, uh, see, that's just making me, I know we've already talked about it, it's making me think about the red woman and I want to know how she plays into this. And they made a point to bring up the Lord of Light and the religion when um, the Hound and Beric and Arya were just chilling, waiting for the army of the dead. The Lord of Light is not done yet. It's not done. So what... I don't, I don't have any theories for how Melisandre could help with this. I, like, I, I'm kind of at a loss. But I feel like she would be... I feel like she's still got a really big role. I've heard, it, I mean, there's a very common thing, a, th- a theory with if the dead, if the dead can relive, can revive people with ice and that kind of thing, the living can revive an army of the dead, but for, you know, with fire, you know, revive people with fire, revive people with ice, like two mm. armies of the dead. I don't know, it, but. She's clearly shown that she can bring people back with the power of fire. Mm-hmm. You know, Barrack's priest did this, did a similar thing. It's shown just not by raising their arms and bringing back a whole bunch of people. But, like, are we going to see two armies of the dead fighting? One for the white or for the red woman and one for the night king? Like, they both can clearly resurrect people. I don't know. There's a Shit. lot to, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. In four episodes, Michael. In four, That's the four, real extended, that, four extended episodes. Yeah, so are the rest extended? <laughs> they are. Okay. All of the next four, I believe, are roughly 80 minutes or so, or longer. Damn. All right. That's a lot. I so, know. Going back to the Aria, Stark, and Gan- Gandry. Um, so when they're singing the song, well, when Podrick's singing the song, they show all these characters, right? So one of the theories I saw was they show, what, four couples, kind of? Couples and... Ships. Don't even. Oh, it's a term of like... It's a fan term, like shipper, like I ship Arya and Gendry, or I ship... Uh, Yeah. It's not good. (laughs) What? Okay, sorry, keep going. Anyway. (laughs) So one of the things I saw was... That song, because they played it twice. They played it when Podrick was singing it, mm-hmm. and they played it at the end of the when the credits were rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I was reading was each one like there's one person in each of those couples that like dies in the next episode, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. one of the things is like if you read the song lyrics, it's about uh, dance happening and ghosts and like a name like a list of names so Arya might die next episode no they yeah. wouldn't do that so I wouldn't be surprised I'm like her but like think of the character like the arc of her like mm-hmm. she's I mean she still has a couple names to cross off the list mm-hmm. but it seems like she's done a lot already she has done a lot maybe she'll kill a dragon and then she'll die I know. Maybe mm-hmm. she'll kill. But I also think Brienne is going to die as well. 
Yeah, like, I know, think that makes a lot of she sense. She got so much screen. You know what happens mm-hmm. when they get so much good screen time? Oh, yeah. Time. What show is it that we watch, that we would watch for? The, oh, Walking Dead. They Walking would Dead, always do that. Whenever they got screen time, extra screen time, you're <laughs> like, oh, they're dead. And it happened every time. It was like, oh, they got an extra two minutes right. that seemed completely unnecessary. Then you had Grey Worm saying, hey... I'll see you after the battle, and everything's going to be great. I'm going to take you so, to the beach. Yeah, They uh, did a lot of things on this episode. We saw it with Grey Worm. We mm-hmm. saw it with uh, Jamie talking to Bran about how do you know there is an after. We saw it with mm-hmm. Sansa and Daenerys. What about after? There was a very, very heavy talk of, well, what about... There was a very heavy talk about what happens after this battle. And... That raises a lot of questions because clearly that's on everyone's mind. But you know, what does happen after? Is there an after for these characters, the ones who are bringing us up? It's very well. They bring up a good point because even putting the whole Night King twist of him being in King's Landing aside, what do you have to fight for if the most significant person in your life died? Um, if you've lost so much. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, you find out the Night King wasn't even here. Where was he? And then we get like a white walking raven dropping off a little present that's like, hey, JK, I was in King's Landing and I got me a no coin. <laughs> or and it's I'm coming Braun down. coming back up saying, hey, King's <gasps> Landing just got fucked. Yeah, we haven't seen Braun yet. Parm dropping all this knowledge. He probably shows up and he's like, all right, I just guys. feel unprepared. I just, really. Dude. I, these next four episodes, now that we've gone through the buildup, it's all coming to a, to a head in these next four episodes. That's such a great point. I bet that they're like, we beat the White Walker. I bet they win Winterfell. Okay. And then they're like, all right, what's what happens now to your point, Michael? Okay. What happens with... The North with King's Landing, and then someone says, "Did anyone see the Night King? What's going on here? Who killed the Night King?" And then all of a it's sudden, you hear Bronn. No, be like, oh, we're <laughs> fucked, and he'll be like, "Don't say it! Don't fucking say it!" <laughs> Lannister's always been so, and he, yeah, and he pulls up because we haven't even seen him. Well, we saw him a little bit when she says, "You need to kill." I, that was uh, it wasn't stupid. even she her. says yes. It was Kyburn. Kyburn says that. Kyburn was so. Michael, you brought this up, I believe. You said Kyburn was the. Well, one hold that... on. Let's. Because we just kind of jumped to that. So we're referring to when oh, yes. Kyburn told Bronn, Cersei wants you to kill her brothers or whatever, bring them to their head, which, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Bronn would never do that. Um, so that's what we're referring to. What was the... The question was whether Cersei would actually say that or if this is Kyburn's attempt to make power plays yeah, and clear out some, you know, some barriers to him becoming yeah, more some legacy you know trying to erase any obstacle to his ultimate power with cersei correct oh i can see that for sure yeah he's he's getting more confident i can see that definitely but now i'm like that doesn't even matter anymore because i'm so bought into the night king being in king's landing yeah. <laughs> like i'm just I think like that's inevitable. <laughs> so another theory this is my last one for this is <laughs> They lose, the army of living loses at Winterfell, and like Night King's there and everything. 
he kills half the people, so it's like an endgame situation or Infinity War where half the people die, but they all get pushed back to King's Landing, and then the final battle is there, and Cersei joins her forces. But I don't know. I, I like my other theory better. Yeah. So it's so it much better sense. of a... <clears throat> Well, it's a much better telling of the story, and it also just, like, makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, why, like, oh, yeah, duh. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. He's got so much power with yeah. the dragon. Like, the dragon mm-hmm. makes such a big difference. Right. And the two dragons are in Winterfell, so. He's like, I'm going to avoid that. Yeah. Because like, those two. Why risk it? Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine they'd be able to actually retreat. It, given everything that would happen in that battle, I can't imagine you'd be able to actually get away. I've heard people talk about, oh, they're going to go to the Iron Islands with Yara. No, there's no way they'd be able. That's not like season seven magic where John can teleport from you know wherever to wherever in the course of mm-hmm. a commercial break. Like you can't do that in this. And season. why would they be there too? Right. Like the only way I can see. The Iron Islands safe house coming into play is if they say, Where'd all the women and children go? And they're like, Oh, we sent them to the Iron Islands. That's like, you Iron know, Island. like right, that's, yeah. and it's like, oh, Okay, so we took care of that storyline. All right, let's. Yeah, yeah. It's a closure. Yeah. Mm hmm. I see that. I don't know. Is there, are there any other lingering theories? Any other big ones? I think the, the greatest one is the visions that. Both Bran and Danny saw of Snow in the throne room. Or Ash. Or Ash. Or Ash, that was right. It could be Ash. Um, is the Night King is not at Winterfell. We did not see him at the end of the episode. We just nope. saw a line of lieutenants. He's there. And uh, he's trying to... What is that? Um, what is that war Fine. battle... Yeah, you're kind of like trapping them. So it's like, he's like, I'm coming at you from the south. Mm-hmm. I'm coming at you from the north. I'm not <laughs> fucked. Yeah, we're clearly military strategists. Hey, you're the one that reads house. about George Washington. I thought you would know this like term. Uh, well, the, he didn't do any smart things that really won the war. So. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for joining. Yeah. This was so much fun. I think we're gonna have to have you on again if you'll, if you'll grace us. Only got a few weeks left. So. Of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah. You're welcome. It'd be really fun. Like, okay. So I I don't know if we were recording when we said this. There are as many episodes left, in the show, as I have in pregnancy. So the it's same a race weeks. to the finish. It was a race to the finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's gonna get there first? The I'm Night like, King or <laughs> no. Baby Prue. Baby yeah. Prue number two. I'm like, do I want to have this baby early so that way I can like have some wine? I think yeah. Yeah, I know, but I also I'm like then I'm also like, oh god, we haven't even put the crib together yet. Also true. So there's Is it a crib or a cribs? <laughs> That's a good one. It's Michael, a... Michael, really. That's you're on fleet tonight. You are. You are on it. That was oh, on that note. Um, yeah. Great podcast. Yes, it was. And uh, make sure you tune into all of our other Pure Fandom podcasts. We have Brad and Court Talk, which is amazing if you like any of the sci-fi network shows. They're, like, the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're also doing Cloak and Dagger right now, too, which is a really good Marvel TV series. And, um, oh, Meg and I, my lovely co-pilot Meg, we podcast about Roswell, New Mexico, on the CW season finale this week. 
stay tuned for that. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And that's it. Those are all my plugs. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, until next time. Say it, you have to say it. Cape Sound. <laughs>